Hello, my name is Katie McIntyre, and I'm your host for the podcast, The Loving Cup, Elevate Your Gratitude. So welcome. Today is Friday, March 6th, and we're live from the FingerLakesOne.com studios in Seneca Falls, New York. So today is a great day to talk gratitude, and I'm really excited to introduce my guests today. So we have Teresa Mendez and Michael Richards from Aurora, New York. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start off uh, by having you introduce the other. So Michael, would you introduce us to Teresa? This is Teresa Mendez, owner and head baker of Moonflower Macaroons and my lovely girlfriend of six years. And this is Michael Richards, my partner in crime. Uh, Michael is the bartender at the Canopy uh, by Hilton in Ithaca um, in their uh, newly built restaurant. Wonderful. I haven't been there yet. I'll have to. Uh, we'll we'll welcome nice. you with open it's arms. Really nice. Awesome. <laughs> we'll hear more about that. So let's jump in and talk about gratitude in the past year. If mm. uh, either one of you can start, if you can share something with me that you're most grateful for from the past year. I'll go first. Okay. I, I have, I, I'll go first. I, um, I, I think that uh, in the past year, um, I've really been able to see how far we've grown, Michael and I, as a couple, and also just in our community um, with our business and our, our children, and um, just in terms of relationships and, you know, all, all of those, you know, relationships. Um, it's, it's almost like we don't recognize each other over this past year, which is actually a really good thing. <laughs> um, we've grown up a lot together over the last year, and um, our children are growing up together. Um, they're, you know, both we have a preteen and a teenager, and so it's it's great to sort of watch them grow up, you know, see see things through their eyes, um, which is which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and we've just, you know, we've really dug in uh, to a lot of new exciting things over the past year, and we're finally starting to see the fruits of our labor. So I would have to say, you know, just grateful for the for for being in a position where we can see that growth is is really exciting. That's beautiful. Great. How about for you? I'm going to go everything she just said, <laughs> um, which coincides with me turning 40, which was, you know, sort of a milestone thing. So that last year is where I feel like, okay, childhood's completely over. I'm a grown up, but I still feel young enough to feel like a good grown up, a little older, a little wiser, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm grateful for my health at this age and that I, that I still have opportunities in front of me, that I have a good family, that I have kids, that I have her in my corner, that I'm able to be in hers. So awesome. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> it was a good one. 40 is a great age. So you're um, 30, but smarter. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yes. Uh, how about for your whole life? If you think about what you're most grateful for in your whole entire life. I would say, I would say family. I mean, I'm sure that's a common, I would we do hope hear that, that sometimes. I hope that that's, you know, what a lot of people look back on and, and see uh, as a, as a benefit. Um, just my, our little nuclear family, um, which we sort of, you know, we get to call the shots and decide what that looks like. Um, but also my extended family, um, li- I'll have a lot of extended, my mom and sisters, um, nieces and nephews all live in the Auburn area. Um, and they've been extraordinarily supportive of every new crazy idea that I have, every new pursuit, um, and even, you know, extended family, um, you know, are always sending well wishes and support. And so I don't, you know, that's, that, that's probably a whole, that's a whole life thing. <laughs> in the past and then of course into the future yeah (laughs) all right I feel like someday I might want to uh rewind the tape and look at where I'm at right now in life and and freeze it 
because everybody gets a chance to be old and young at the same time. You know, we're older and wiser adults, but we're still reasonably young and hip. And our kids, <laughs> they're older and they're cool and they're independent, not to not needy children, but they're still our kids. They're still kids. And, you know, life is hard. We have to work hard for what we want. You know, everything is a risk. Everything is a struggle. And like everybody, we're maybe a few bad months away from serious trouble. But at the same time, you know, from having a decent car and a loving home to the view of Cayuga Lake from our bedroom window, I mean, we're rich. And, uh, and I'm really grateful for that. And nothing is permanent. This is all highly temporary. You know, life is over in a heartbeat. And this could be the happiest time of my entire life. And it might very well be because I've, I've got it great. So it's beautiful. Thanks. It's, yeah, love it. Um, how about um, before we jump into the next question, can you tell me how you met? <laughs> yeah. I'll start. <laughs> we actually met um, in our early 20s at a restaurant that used to be open in Skinny Atlas called Kabuki. Um, it was a sushi, uh, sushi, mostly sushi place. And we were completely not interested in one another. We were dating other people. Um, he was dating the mother of his son, and I was dating the father of my daughter. So we were just on separate paths in the same place, friendly enough with each other, but not Yeah, know, we got along, but we, we barely yeah. knew one another. We didn't hang out. That was just someone from work. Yeah. And yeah, then it well, was... Well, you'd have to get along. Kabuki was a tiny place. Like, it's oh, not yeah. a huge yeah. restaurant. Tight quarters. Space is <laughs> yeah. premium, yes. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, then it was... I don't know, we went separate ways and lived our lives. And eight years later, I found out that he was in the Auburn area um, and just looked him up on Facebook and asked if he wanted to meet up. And we did. She asked me out. <laughs> um, I remember getting the message and I was like, oh, that girl's flirting with me. And I felt like something big was about to, about to happen. And then she shows up for our first date for coffee. And I think to myself, like... My wife just got here. Uh, my whole single life is over. Like, there's going to be a before and after moment, and that that moment is is her coming into my life. So that's you know we met once, but we really met eight years later as as more complete adults, and then began our our journey as it were together. Awesome. He's awesome. told that story a lot, and I really like hearing it every time. He it's tells. it's a great story. <laughs> Are you flirting with me? A little, maybe. So it <laughs> it's a, a perfect segue into my next question, which is: Can you share what you're most grateful for in the other? Yes, Michael. Michael is a fighter. He has a real tenacious sort of spirit, and at times that's challenging because we're both very strong personalities but um, you know once Michael sort of puts his mind to something he figures it out and digs in and does his best at it and that's something that I've learned from over the years um, even when I don't want to learn from it because it conflicts with maybe something that I want um, but Guilty. it's <laughs> but it's a uh, it's an admirable quality that I've learned from over the years and learned to appreciate. It's good. How about for you? Sometimes it seemed like a little too much. Her muchiness has been a lot much. But <laughs> Teresa is all the things. Um, she's, she's sort of an uber genius or a polyglot. She's great at everything she does. She rises to the top. And give her a new job anywhere doing anything and she'll be a manager within a year. She's just like that. She does things the hard way when and she could do them easier but she does them because she wants the best result because she's putting her stamp on her work she tells the truth when it would be easier to maybe tell a white lie 
Right. She takes the long way when it'd be easier to take the short way. I noticed this in, in all walks of her life, from her parenting to her work in academia to her work starting her own company, um, is that she does a complete job and thinks things really through. She's highly intelligent, motivated, dedicated, and uh, you know it sets her head and shoulders apart from most anyone else I've ever met. You were supposed to pick one thing. That is that one, one thing. thing. <laughs> that is that one thing. It's, it's that. You picked it, all the things. It's you. It's you. <laughs> all of you. That's beautiful. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the company you're starting and the new hotel property that you're at. And if you can share what you're grateful for in your career, your work life, but also I want to know what's in that box. Yes. Um, I did bring some French macarons for, uh, for you to sample. Um, so I own Moonflower Macarons, which I started in 2018 out of my home kitchen. Um, I was looking for a part-time job over the summer in between grad school semesters and uh, was, you know, my daughter was old enough to be alone, but not old enough to stay home for, you know, um, an entire work shift. So this seemed like a really great way to, um, you know, set my own schedule um, and, and do something I really love, which was, you know, really digging into the French macaron pastry. So I got a home processor exemption from the New York State Department of Ag and Markets, and I signed up for some local farmers markets and just went with it. Um, and then after 2019, I finished my master's degree at SUNY Cortland and was offered um, a couple really nice uh, PhD opportunities. And I thought, okay, let's have to see if Moonflower is sustainable as a full-time business. So I deferred my, uh, my PhD opportunities for a year just to really get out into the community and make Moonflower my full-time job. And so now I'm here. I declined my PhD opportunities this January uh, and decided to look into commercial space and really expand. Um, so we found a property which will be at 10 Seminary Ave in Auburn, New York. And we are um, hopefully within the next couple of months going to be able to build the kitchen and start national shipping, um, which customers have been asking me for <laughs> since I opened. Do you ship? Do you ship? Um, now I can say yes, hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, so we're, you know, redesigning the website and making it really customer friendly. Um, we'll be testing to make sure everything goes well with shipping. And then there will be space um, also for uh, a small pop-up retail space, just a grab-and-go space. Um, and I'm not sure yet what hours of operation will be. But, you know, one of the reasons we, you know, decided to to set up in Auburn um, was really because they, just the community has been so supportive and excited um even on days where i'm really struggling you know because i'm not wearing makeup and i'm in yoga pants and i'm in i'm in my you know my kitchen and i'm isolated and i'm just baking 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 i'm always reminded by people in auburn that there is such excitement for the product and for the space to open so that just seemed really great um Last summer was the first summer that the Equal Rights Heritage Center did their downtown Saturday market. So I participated there, and it was just great. Um, I met a lot of people. Um, I, I tend to go into things thinking, I'm here to work. I'm not here to make friends. And Michael and I both made you know, really great yeah, friends yeah. Um, yeah. as well as business connections in Auburn. And that was just, it was really unexpected. And so we feel 
more at home in Auburn than we ever have before, I think. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so we're excited about that. We live really close, kind of behind Seward House in Auburn. Mm-hmm. So we nice. visit, um, my kids ride their bikes to the market. We'd see um, Pete Kramer and Aaron yeah. Humphrey there a yeah. lot. But so we'll have to make sure we come by yeah. and see you guys Aaron too. Aaron and I, I went to high school together, and she teaches my daughter. She does voice lessons in Auburn, so my daughter takes voice oh, lessons. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah. It's all connected. So, yeah, it is. It really is. And Michael, Michael has his own thing, but... But um, Michael's been there a lot with me last summer. He sets up the markets with me or will set up at an alternate location so we can be in two places at once. And so he's very much a part of the, the day-to-day. <laughs> it's a family business, and I'm here to support her any way she needs, any way I can all the time. I just, I'm cautious never to try to take credit or call it ours. This is hers. This is her brainchild and, and the result of so much of her work. So I do anything to keep her you know, from, from being in need. But but it is definitely hers. It's important to us to be successful, independent of one another, and then to meet in the middle as successful people, you know, that have a lot to contribute to one another. Absolutely. So likewise, she's <laughs> backed me up a lot in my work. So. So before we jump to you, what was your PhD work in? Oh, so I did um, a master's in English at SUNY Cortland, and um, I the. The offer that I received was a, um, a fully funded position at University of Buffalo, which would also have been in English with a focus on um, speculative fiction, sci-fi, and um, biopolitics, um, issues of the body, and who has control over the body, and how that comes across in literature, and how to, how to teach the sort of medical and scientific quandaries of the day through science fiction literature. That was really my my thing so very interesting yeah 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 so cool. now i just a polyglot <laughs> yeah. so. no that's good that's good all right so how about for you michael with your career and and um where you've been over the last 40 years um <laughs> over the last 40 no, no big deal ah no big deal so uh short version was that i was born and then i grew up um but along the way you know i worked in food and beverage most all of my entire life I took a few years off when my son was at those formative years where nights and weekends and holidays were better spent with him and not spent in the service industry. Sorry for banging on the table. I apologize for the noise. Um, but I've, I've been generally a lifer in the restaurant business as a, you know, a teenage dishwasher through many stages of cooking and working as a chef and a pastry chef and baker, transitioning into the front of house and hand selling bottles of wine, working in fine dining as a server, and then just gravitating to the bar as I saw it as, as the apex of, of service work, you know, to be a bartender and to be a part of the coming wave of, of mixology, you know, to treat a bar as a, as a liquid kitchen, as it were, and to approach it with professionalism and artistry and flair. And uh, so that's where I'm at, just what I do. You know, I work in Ithaca because of, uh, because of the colleges and because of the number of people traveling through that town. It's a, a super progressive place, ultra chic, where I'm you know, always challenged to do new things and to please new audiences from all walks of life, which is uh, always great, keeps me right on my toes. And uh, there's a lot of upward mobility where I'm at now, and I'm very proud to be there. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anytime I go into a restaurant, if I can choose to, I will sit at the bar. It's where you get yeah. the best service, it's where you learn all the good things you need to know and good stories. So, little inside yep. scoops, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We do the same thing. It's cozy. Uh, there's something it very is. cozy about it. The old man from that movie Cocktail said that uh, bartender is the aristocracy of the working class, and that's a line that stuck with me my entire life because it's ultimately very true. So, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so, what about if you think about something that you're grateful for now that at the time you were going through it, it you were not grateful? Oh, 
Um, well, actually, when we were talking about, we chatted a bit about um, gratitude before coming on the podcast, and we had a moment last night, actually, where we just started laughing at all of the things that have happened in our relationship that we can't say or you know struggles and things like this and maybe it was a little bit of dark humor some of the darker patches that we've been through um but you know i realized afterward that the fact that we can laugh about all of those things we have this collection of mistakes and flaws and you know adversity that we can now laugh at i mean a year or two ago we never could have laughed well so, right these six yeah. years were not all strawberry fields like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a relationship that includes yeah. the dark times and the grit you know, through it yeah. she's been my truest and most loyal friend the whole time you know which i was never not grateful for yeah so it's just no that, it's, and that's you go through that stuff and you think some days are like how how can we overcome what's in front of us and then you get to a moment where you can actually look back and and laugh even if it's it's not completely funny it's just you know it, it, it was just a moment you know that struck me actually today when we walked in that you know we yeah we have and it that makes now. being in this moment even more amazing yeah. because you have that perspective too it's mm-hmm. one of those things about the hindsight of age is to be na- uh, grateful for the nature of struggle itself whereas mm-hmm. maybe a younger person hates struggle because it's struggle, because it hurts, it, it puts you through drama, it makes you upset, mm-hmm. it makes life more difficult to navigate what should be simple ups and downs. But then you get a little older, a little wiser, maybe your pace slows down a little bit, cause you're a little older, a little wiser, and you think, <laughs> okay, these things made me who I am. You know, and like for less generalization and more particulars, me, I, I broke my back in a car accident when I was 19 years old. You know, when I was 37 years old, I tore my shoulder off the bone in a terrible work accident and required a major surgery there. So I've been laid up and badly broken more than once and been able to put myself physically and then, you know, mentally and spiritually back together after such a hard fall. And at the time, I certainly would have been grateful for this. Like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm hurt. (laughs) But now I'm glad that I was, you know, because I learned that I could heal. And, uh, you know, as a 40-year-old guy, God knows what's coming at me next. But I know that, you know, until my final day, I'll handle it. And when I can't handle it, it'll be my final day and it won't matter anyway. So That's great. Yeah, and you get to take all of that knowledge that you've developed over years and apply it to any future things that are coming your way. With yeah. a touch of mindfulness, it makes those future things pretty easy. Well, there's also, you know, a lot of... there's teaching opportunity and learning from other people's mistakes too so if you bring people into your struggle a little bit I mean not dump it on them but you know rely on people who want to be there for you sometimes you learn from somebody else's mistakes or upheaval and so there's there is a nobody wants to go through bad stuff but there is a value in that I think um, that you might be able to share with others sometimes so yeah yeah so what about um, a fabulous memory of something you've done together that you want to talk about? You get to go first. <laughs> we were hired by a mafia boss to knock over a casino. No, that didn't, that didn't happen. Nope. Um, fabulous things. We've done a lot of fabulous things together. You know, we, we've been working class in the gig economy, so we're not traveling the world. You know, we're not missionaries. We're not seeing the beaches of Greece. But we have beautiful day-to-days. I could tell you about 10,000 coffee talks we've had that sometimes go on for two hours in the morning and they've made me a better man through the years and that's fantastic itself. But more to the point, how about right now? Like watching her build this business right now while my career seems to grow wings in Ithaca, 
you know, independent and because of and with one another all at the same time. And I think that's the most fantastic thing is to be in this moment. Like I said earlier, it's all very temporary. And this is like some of the best years of our lives. So. Beautiful. I'm going to have to piggyback on what he said. <laughs> it's really on the little things, you know, um, a day trip here or there or, you know, uh, just making uh, making the time day to day um, is very difficult. And we we haven't reached that point where we're planning, you know, really big things. But it's it's really just a matter of showing up day to day. And, you know, we just carry little bits of positivity I guess for bubbly and oysters is a big thing <laughs> yeah it is yeah those it's really the little moments or little moments where you know he's been thoughtful you know or just taken something off my plate and not had to ask you know those are things that that are there quite a lot which is it's hard to pick one you know so that's good yeah. that's beautiful <laughs> to hear so what about um a gratitude practice is gratitude something that's part of your daily life or something that you just thought about recently when when we connected there's a little section in my uh my daily planner that has a little box for gratitude every day and i don't always fill it in but it's always in my face that there's probably something that i should be looking at or thinking about and sometimes it is just as simple as all of the check marks next to my to-do list um and sometimes i do take the time to write something down about the day um and then there's a record of it so i can look back and see what i took the time to write down you know on a day where maybe i just can't really come up with you know it's just a particularly stressful day um, so I guess that's probably the extent of it. It's, it is always kind of, there's always a reminder in my face about, you know, be grateful that you got as far as you did today. So. <laughs> How about two. you, Michael? Okay. I have two. Uh, one is, like I said, I commute to work every day through wine country. So no matter what's going on in my life or in the news or, or whether somebody said something on social media that makes me want to furiously type back and show them how smart I am, I just stop. Well, I don't stop. I keep driving. But I remind myself to look around at the rolling hills and the water and just the sheer beauty of all I'm surrounded by, all these pastoral farmlands and vineyards and breweries and distilleries I drive by on my way to this beautiful hotel I work in. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's here me today now. And it's it's, uh, it's inspiring of gratitude, you know, versus, uh, you know, driving into work and feeling tension of any kind. Because you bring that right in the front door and it poisons everyone. Which brings me to the second part, on-the-job gratitude. Uh, I love what I do, but it's extraordinarily high impact, you know, high volume, it's busy, it takes a lot of cooperation between a lot of people, and when things start to come apart, you know, it takes a strong mind to keep it from going off the rails, and if you've worked in service, you've seen when people go off the rails, and you've seen when people are able to keep it together under seemingly impossible odds, and for me, it's, um, it's to stop for a minute and take a few breaths rather than react angrily or to shout or to suddenly just break down and let my shoulders fall and swear, you know, like I might want to really do, you know, <laughs> is to stop and look around and, you know, I, I take a few breaths and I think about three things I'm grateful for. And if I said this to my 25-year-old self, <laughs> right, I would laugh back at myself at how ridiculous it sounds, but my 40-year-old self, these things work. And they give me temperance in the moment on the job and, and I'm cool again. I'm 40. I'm a leader. I'm not a hothead. I'm a line. So, you know, that's me. I love it. So what about, um, can you talk with me about something you're doing with ingredients now, each of you, with um, whatever ingredients you're using to infuse into your cocktails or your hot flavors for this spring? 
I would love to hear about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I Over the summer, um, when I was doing markets, I would change up my flavors every week. And now that the market season's pretty quiet, um, I transitioned to just doing, um, just changing flavors once a month, um, which I think will serve me well once we open the shop to have a monthly set, you know, uh, amount of flavors. Um, there's always something new to work with. Um, one of the things about a lot of the American companies uh, that are making French macarons is there's a lot of playfulness. So I do, I do, and a lot of other macaron bakers do this too. We incorporate things like Lucky Charms or Fruity Pebbles or a candy like Snickers or Milky Way um, right into the right into the macaron, which is definitely not traditional, but it's fun. It's whimsical, and you can have a lot of fun with it. Um, I like to play with a lot of different colors. Um, so yeah, that's your colors really are beautiful. Fun. Thank you. Yeah, well, my, it's because my kitchen is very dark, so when I start coloring things, I don't think they're bright enough, and then when I bring them out into the sunlight, I'm like, wow, I, maybe I overdid it a little. Um, but yeah, I'm always... I guess I guess it's an ongoing process to think about what's seasonal, what are flavors that people are interested in, um, and I try to use. I mean, I don't. I mean, the the primary ingredient in a French macaron is the almond flour, which is not a locally sourced item. But where I can, I will try to see what's local and seasonal, what what people in the area are, you know, have a taste for, sure. you know. Um, so, for example, we were talking about. Um, custom flavors for May. What would people want for May? So we were thinking, well, Mother's Day is in May, graduation celebration. So we'll probably do like a, a peach bellini, a mimosa, or some kind of champagne, you know, lots of lavender, rose, just, you know, playing with those kinds yeah, of Kier flavors. Royale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, just, there's, there's just something new to look forward to, you know, every month. Sometimes I can't even... I can't, there's just too many flavors to choose from most of the time. Okay, that's a yeah. good problem. <laughs> How about for you? Um, well, I have a couple things that are proprietary, but generally it's more about ethos. Um, I look at the bar, like I said earlier, like a liquid kitchen, because my true you know, 20-year background was not as a bartender. It was in culinary arts. So in transitioning to bar work, I said to myself, this is a kitchen. It's all liquid, 99.9% .9 of it besides the hot toddy, mm. you know, or an Irish coffee is cold. All right, so in that regard, we're going to treat it like a kitchen. And what I believe in is farm to table. The greatness in historical you know, culinary arts going right back to Escoffier himself was taking what was in your backyard and making it sustainable and making it magical. And also in order to survive the winter. For example, look up the history of duck confit. You know, you had to cure it and store it in its own fat or it would rot. If you didn't have that meat, you couldn't eat that meat and your family starved. But now duck confit is a sought after French delicacy, right? farm to table, sustainability. I'm less concerned with international and national sourced ingredients that make you look great on a Las Vegas bartender competition stage and more concerned, you know, with, with making those communications, like I said, in, in the wine country that's in my backyard. Yeah. You know, there's great distillers, great vintners, there's great beer, there's great food and putting it together in a way that is cheap and easy and efficient and helps everybody at the local level to me is the epitome of artistry. And there's a lot to be done. Love a lot that. of our ingredients speak to one another. So he'll find a product, and I'll make a wine syrup out of a New York Riesling, you know, a local Riesling, and add it Absolutely. to our to buttercream. So there's a lot of crossover. When he started making strawberry sous vide, I was like, ooh, I could use that too. So there's a lot of crossover in what we're able to do, which is fun. And I say I'm less interested in international sourced ingredients. doesn't mean I disregard them altogether. Mm -hmm. For example, when she wanted help creating a fennel tincture, 
I said, oh, no, no, say hello to Absent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, direct from France, you know. That's about knowing your product and knowing where it's meant to go, you know, but with an eye on what's around you first and foremost. So I would love to play Scrabble with you. I think it would be a <laughs> fabulous challenge. <laughs> You've got great words. He's a wordsmith, for sure. It's perfect. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share or say before we close our podcast? I would just say um, I do have my website is up, moonflowermacrons.com. I'm updating with uh, information about custom orders, events coming up, and we are going to redesign the website coming soon for uh, national shipping. Um, But I also post on social media and and Facebook and Instagram um, with regular updates. So if anybody's interested, they can keep up with what's happening there. Okay, so they should follow you on social media. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. For up-to-the-minute info. <laughs> and beautiful photos. <laughs> yeah, we try, yeah. And anything we'd, you'd like to add, Michael? Will you marry me this year? <laughs> well, we'll certainly Let's try. Let's get married. <laughs> We've been trying for six years, so maybe this is our year. This is the one. 2020. You're my best friend. That's what I want to add. <laughs> well, that's, that's a fabulous well, way to I, end. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it's everyone beginning. posted. Beautiful. Well, thank you. That does bring us to the end of our time today. Thank you for tuning in. And please have a grateful day. Share your gratitude with others. And we'll be back in two weeks with two more guests. Thank you. 